Happy Tuesday, everyone. Road Conduit. I'm sitting with Jesse. And uh, last time we uh, we talked all about uh, green coffee, complexity of green coffee. And yep. we just kind of wanted to continue that um, and get into the roasting. So I'm going to ask you, Jesse, I'm going to lead off with this. Um, we have we had this green coffee, and it's like green coffee, super complex, as we discussed last week. Right. Then you have to take that green coffee, and you have to roast it. Well, there's got to be this ridiculous amount of layers of handling this complexity <laughs> and bringing it into this other level of roasting, which has its own complexity as well. And right. you have to respect all of the aspects of that and, and transfer it and blah, blah, blah. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you're absolutely right. It's um, the... Coffee is incredibly complex. We talked about that last week. Mm -hmm. The most complex thing that we consume, um, it's, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say it's the most complex thing that we grow as humans. I mean, I think that there's a few things that are close to that, but not very many. I don't know what they are. Cannabis, maybe. I mean, there's, there's, there's not much, you know, and then it's really like the processing of grapes and grain that make the alcohol and wine that's that's very complex but coffee has this incredibly complex agriculture with these seeds that are the culmination of that density mm-hmm. all the way down to um and then you know it's processed at the farm level yeah. and we talked about that as you know well and i think one thing we didn't mention last week or maybe we did because this is like three weeks later <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna edit that out no, it was just last week it was just last week uh but what speaks to that complexity at the farm level is that we're just now figuring out how right. complex it is, and we're just now figuring out what can be done after so many thousands of years. Of well, growth. I don't think that's entirely true, honestly. I think that this is where my political science method that's true. comes I don't know in. I'm talking about wine was grown in Western Europe. Hmm. They keep records. You know, whoever makes a history or whoever records a history or wins, you know, they get it. They get to write that. So we. We, as in Westerners, didn't really keep accurate notes of what they're doing in Ethiopia or you know yeah, those maybe, kind of places. Maybe I mean, a lot of lost uh, the knowledge. amount of technology and effort that went into the Malabar mm-hmm. type of coffee from India for Britain, so that they could have coffee in Britain that that would last on those you mm-hmm. know wooden hold wet ships that would travel that around the world. You know, yeah. I mean, that's in trouble and to the point where it's still being used. Yeah. And we look down on Malabar now, but that's a feat. Of, of engineering that's a couple hundred years old. So we've known a lot about coffee. Humans Yemen can be an example of that as well. I mean, exactly. Yemen was called the wine of the bean. Right. And when you have the Yemen that we've had now, that's like, well, yeah, duh. Right. Well, <laughs> that's the thing is that, you know, that's the second oldest growing, second oldest yeah. coffee growing region in the world behind mm-hmm. Ethiopia. You know, 1,200 years by first record, but probably, you know, this is turning into years. history of coffee. Exactly. <laughs> That's okay. But that's the complexity, right? So as yeah. far as what we know about coffee, um, we're learning a lot. We're learning a lot about the green coffee. I mean, the agriculture stuff that we're able to apply a lot of yeah. sciences to. But then when you get to the roasting... So you taking, have to take all that. You're taking that incredibly complex seed, the pit, and putting that into a roaster and cooking it. And the cooking process is... It's fairly straightforward as far as these things go. I mean, it's an, it's an oven that... You know, ours is a drum roaster um, that just rotates so it keeps the beans off the hot metal. And uh, you apply the heat and you, you, you adjust the airflow depending on what stage of the roast you're in. And how we do that is, is kind of our, our coveted profile that we call it in roasting that you have a recipe that you basically develop. Um, all coffees are different. There's definitely rules of thumb with certain altitudes and certain varieties. Um, but that, you know, 
every, every coffee is different, so you have to go and you have to know what's the moisture content, how are you storing it, you know, so storage of green coffee is really important. Our room's very consistent, you know, it's a little cold sometimes, but it's always very consistent and it's very predictable. Well, you've talked about before, and you talked about this in, in the interview we did in the issue a long time ago, that being where you are here, and you have this hillside here, and you pull in air from the hillside, and that impacts how you roast, so it's not just the coffee, but... right. It's all the, part of like a big roasting. The environment, like you know, it's, exactly. It's November now. It's colder. You know, it's yep. going to be raining a Our lot. Our profiles more. adjust. Gonna, you know, we change the airflow throughout the the airflow, the fresh air that comes in overnight and stuff like that to keep the room at different temperatures, just to kind of keep that as consistent as we can. Um, but like you say, we're taking these 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 pits and then we're we're roasting them and trying to take what's in that coffee. I think that there's a, there's a real trend, and I we all love to say it. You know, people that do light roasts is that preserving what's natural in the coffee and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But what's natural is just unfathomably complex. So we're yeah. not actually preserving yeah. that because we're cooking it, right? Everyone has their own point of view as well. Right, over what, what that they're is. they're bringing out. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not trying to get too much in that because we literally, every single roaster, that's what's fun, right? And, yeah. And <laughs> us yeah. versus Kuma, Veldensley, anybody like that. We all have different philosophies of how we want to see the coffee cooked. Um, but you have these complexities... And trying to figure out what's going on in those in those beans, like I said, there's rules of thumb, so you kind of start there. But um, as you develop a profile after a few batches, you know, you kind of get in the groove and see how the heat transfer works between the, you know, mm -hmm. to get into the beans and how fast that happens. Some are like, wow, that's really fast, and you have to change, you know, the drop temperature of how hot the roaster is when you put the coffee in versus, you know, some you want to start off a little lower and kind of massage them up a little bit better. Um, and so all those we we those are all things that we take into account and that we adjust throughout the profile. Um, once we feel like we nail a profile, then it's really kind of a relief because <laughs> it's a little bit less effort. Um, I always love smelling, I really love the process of smelling green coffee and then it's roasted version, which never happens. But I get to do that here because you have the green and the roasted. Right, I mean, I think everybody needs that experience to understand the effort that goes into the whole process that ends up in your cup. What, um, so what I'm trying to say is we have this complex bean and then we, we, we sure. roast it. We're not changing that, I mean, we're changing that complexity. We're not, we're, not, we're not adding necessarily more complexity to that. So as a roaster, um, you know, we're taking this thing. Mm -hmm. We're really, I think by roasting it, you're really showing off what's beautiful about that coffee and the higher quality coffee you use, you know, no matter what your roast profile is, you're gonna showcase that better. Well, it has to, obviously it has to be roasted to brew it. So right. You have to, you have to, Usher that that green coffee across the roasting river. <laughs> right. Oh, that's that's cute. Thank you. So what what we actually so we actually have some green coffee in front of us right. here, and and we have a bag of roasted coffee yep. as well. Uh, is one of those the Costa Rican? One yep. of those is the Costa Rican. Yeah. So we have the Costa Rican coffee in the bag, and then we have this little cup here of the green coffee. Um, we talked about so it a lot. This Costa Rica coffee listeners, is Listeners, take a look at this bowl. If you can take a look here. <laughs> We're just going to hold it up to the microphone so yep. you can see better. <laughs> um, this coffee is incredibly even. I mean, you can see that. Like, all the beans are pretty yeah. well sorted. They're all a little shiny. It's been polished a little bit at mm -hmm. the mill, you know, because they take a lot of care for this coffee. That's why that Costa Rican is so good is because it's very well-grown Costa Rican oh, coffee. Su surprisingly with, even in size. Right, and that's what comes with processing um, versus like this Brazil that's also very nicely processed and it's a pulp natural, but you can see the different colors in the beans. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of differences in those, even though they're grown at um, 
virtually the same altitude, I believe. Yeah. And um, I think that's something that also a lot of people don't necessarily realize is that the, the coffee seed comes in a huge variety of sizes. Right, you can smell that when we do these tours and we have people put their head into the bags yeah. and you go from just, you know, your washed El Salvador, which is a nice coffee, and they're like, yeah, it smells like alfalfa. You know, and then you show them the, the Yemen or, you know, any yeah. of these natural process Ethiopians or anything like that. And, and it's a completely different thing. All of a sudden it's like, yeah, it smells like sweet grass after a rainstorm to, holy cow, that's fermented strawberries. Did something you know, mm -hmm. rot inside there, you know, it's just because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just the natural process really brings out those flavors. Um, I'm going to smell this because I want to, and I can. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so Costa Rican is just yeah. beautiful. It smells like heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what am I actually smelling? There's a sweetness, kind of a berry to it. So this is the one that I, I would have described. Well, and I'll have the roasted here as well. But the, where the taste, um, I remember the predominant flavor I got from brewing and such is uh, a grape juice like quality that kind of goes into a dark chocolate which is a lot of yeah fun. there's a lot of really nice clean chocolate in there yeah. but um, it's interesting because i don't i mean i guess if i if i think about it this could smell quite similar to a very dark chocolate bar like the, that, really the green dark, beans yeah like those mm -hmm. dark chocolate bars have that kind of um brightness right. to it yeah, I mean that's that kind of natural. Yeah. Or cacao. maybe that's I mean, just my imagination. No, I mean Sometimes I totally the smell. Comes to me, it's it. a little bit more like Swiss Miss cocoa. Mm. A little bit. There's more of like a. It's not necessarily a milk chocolate, but it's it's a. Yeah, but there's also I mean you can clearly there's there's the smell of green like fresh greenness right and um, bright berries. So there's bit. that fruity. There's almost some peach in there a little bit. Like there's some other some other and really lovely flavors. The roasted version. Is really chocolatey. Show that to the listeners. Oh yes, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Yeah. I mean, totally different. That's like all chocolate, but yeah, completely different. The chocolate, yeah, but there's that raspberry in there that flows yeah. through to me. Um, when you brew this coffee, then the yeah, wet aroma changes, right? So that lends itself to all that complexity. Yeah. Um, so I think the important thing is, is that you know we're we're buying and we're buying mm -hmm. a complex agricultural product and then we're cooking it so that cooking process shouldn't necessarily make it less complex right I mean you don't want to burn out that complexity you also don't want to go so light that it's missing out on some of the complexity well, it's, the com it's all just transformations right exactly and that's what's so beautiful about coffee and all the, the yeah. nuances between roasters is you know what some people want caramelization other people want you know bright fruity citric acid things like that it's almost too bad that you can't brew that green coffee <laughs> it doesn't turn out very well and, yeah no, no it way. doesn't it gets really no. bitter um there's probably ways i think you know yeah. through the swiss miss swiss miss the swiss, <laughs> the, the swiss miss decaf process you know through a water process um i'm wondering if there's some ways to take that coffee water and well i mean the thing is when they are doing their process the reason why that's possible is because the flavor compounds that, that aren't we water get, soluble. They're not water soluble right. until they're roasted. Right. Which is fascinating, isn't it? That is. I Should we just list the, the things that are complex about this stuff? I mean, keep the go episode ahead. shorter. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we should get a scientist on here who like actually knows this stuff. It would. I would love to get a scientist. Let's get on Bill here. Nye. Bill Nye, are you listening? Would you come in and talk about coffee with us? Oh, Bill Nye, I would give you so much coffee. <laughs> so. The transfer of 
of the heat into the beans is, is one thing that we all, roasters, we all, you know, we do differently, but there's a lot of facts and science mm-hmm. that go with that. Um, I encourage everybody to check out the Coffee Analysis Center. There's a bunch of videos on YouTube. Uh, we're looking at one right now that's just a single bean next to a heat lamp um, going through the roasting process of what happens from, you know, from a green green seed all the way to, you know, a piece of charcoal. Yeah. And Vis- Visually. I mean, it, when you like, watch yeah. this, and this is what's so cool about this. Oh, you liked it. <laughs> I might edit that out. <laughs> you sure? Because I think that's good. So when you look at this though, right? It's green bean. Well, it's yellow. It's starting a little late there, but yeah. And look at that. Look at that skin just yeah. folding on itself. All those cells, all those things. The water's evaporating, but it's, it's also expanding, expanding too, at the same really time, cool. right? Yeah. So you're taking twenty percent, fifteen to you know seventeen to twenty percent of the water out of the bean, and then that was first crack where it pops open like that, mm-hmm. like a popcorn kernel, right? So that's a chemical reaction that happens like popcorn. It's the water expanding. Um, the the uh, exothermic reaction and there it goes so let's yeah. edit that out it's the endothermic reaction for the first crack and then the exothermic reaction for the second crack and the second crack is you know that's what we call it but it's really when it's another stage of that roasting when all the oils and stuff are finally being created and it's actually creating its mo- its own heat from its own charge um, and that's what the line is kind of into dark coffee but and so when you look at this video, I mean, you can see all that morph and change. And so every moment of that change and your speed in doing that and, and what kind of airflow and how you're wicking that moisture out of there is what creates unique differences in the coffee. And that's what we have to pay attention to. You know? mm-hmm. And it's, that's why there's some big differences between roasters, um, whether it's by skill or passion or it's just straight up efficiencies with BTUs. You know, I mean, you get these large roasters that have auger systems you know, instead of a drum, and they're just putting green coffee in at one end and it's ending up at the other end, and they're trying to limit their labor and they're trying to limit the amount of BTUs it takes to roast this coffee and make it as efficient as possible. And so you end up with a lot of consistency, but you also don't get a play with it as much. I didn't realize for a long time how those how those systems work so that it's, they're literally like taking coffee through a tube, right? And it yeah. gets roasted at some point along the tube and then it exits. Yeah. Just like I mean, I assume that there's long. some heating elements and right. stuff like that along there, you know, yeah. and... and um, Fascinating. Yeah, and uh, but you can't control the little differences. So you take this incredibly complex seed, and then you have a complex roasting process, mm-hmm. and then you know the brewing process and everything down the line just lends itself to being more and more complex. Um, you know, you you have wine and it's grown with quality agriculture. The grapes are grown, and then you have the the processing of that to turn that into wine. That's kind of the same step, and then you put it into bottles and you let it age. You know, coffee has the agriculture or the processing. Mm-hmm. I bet and there's then, some tricks in the aging process, too. Oh, and they're, we're just trying to figure that stuff out. Uh, there's a cafe in Japan. I don't know the name right now, but they have they have aged green coffee. There's a whole trend. Oh, I mean uh, the aging of wine. But, oh. yeah, aged green coffee. Right. Too, yeah. And, That's you know, they have coffee from the 70s, green coffee from the 70s that they're still trying That's to, right. you know. Actually, and, um, Stephen Layton, I saw him post uh, a picture. He got, for his birthday, he got a bag of coffee from, like, 75 or something like right. that. The green coffee. I mean, it's fresh roasted, right. That he, he oh, got he the green coffee okay. so he could roast it. I need to follow up with him and see how that was. Right. That, that's and I think that's a lot of stuff that we're going to find out because yeah. like the complexity, the whole aging process is also very complex. Mm-hmm. How all those you know esters are broken down with CO2 versus you know moisture content versus just age. You know, There's the 80-20 rule where it's going to the volatility, 80% of the volatility is in that first 20, 20% of the time mm-hmm. that you, you know, the short, short little time like that, but then you know, it mellows out. You know, 
uh, we had that Guatemala that was lemon pepper and, you know, like Tom Ka soup almost and real chocolatey and lovely. And then after eight months, it turned into milk chocolate, like Snickers bar, mm-hmm. very different coffee, you know, so all those things settle down in that volatility of the, of the mm-hmm. processing. And I think just like espresso versus slow brew, cold brew, there's going to be volatility that happens between cool. wash process and natural process and how yeah. long those fermentation tanks are in use, you know, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. There's so much. There's yeah. so much science, Bill Nye. Please come and help us. <laughs> Please, Bill Nye. Bring your shovel, because it's a deep rabbit hole. Kind of want to just end it there. But, so we've done green, we've done roasted. <laughs> We're going to get into the brewing. Yep. Because that's a whole nother... I'm just going to say this for the listeners. Here. I think we need more than three episodes. So I'm just going to keep bringing up this topic every single time. Right. As if I don't anyways, but... And we'll just turn this. So into brewing it. next, so we can still talk about the complex brewing next. Pit, yes, all the way to the the brewing process. Yeah. Well, and you know, we'll see if you, if you enjoy this topic. You know, we'll uh, dig into it more. Gosh, that yeah. would be. Please ask questions. Um, yes, there's a do. few. There's some really great resources online. Like, mm-hmm. um, Coffee hustle. Yeah, coffee hustle. Obviously, coffee lovers magazine. Yeah, it's the best. It's absolutely the best. Radio is by Coffee far Lovers the best radio is amazing. For you science. should check that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for science, gotcha. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, no, we haven't dug too much into science on on the magazine yet. It's um, it's difficult because so, a lot of people don't care. Well, I also, you know, there's a lot of unknowns, <laughs> and I don't. I'm not. I'm not an expert on that sort right. of thing, um, and I don't have expert science. Well, like writers. we were talking about earlier today too. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it's unknown, and a yeah. lot of it's based on, you know, you're trying to taste what's happening at the farm level in the processing of the coffee by roasting it mm-hmm. and then by brewing it. So you're adding, you know, exponential layers of complexity of processing onto already complex seeds. So how do you know what is actually going on in here? You know, it's kind of like what we're talking about brewing, that, you know, some like a, a, a beer brewer that's putting coffee in. We don't know what that coffee is going in like. We don't, you know, we don't know if they're extracting it properly. There's better ways to brew with that. Yeah. And you don't really know until you get to the final product. You know, I think we're, we're figuring out so much about coffee. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, next show we'll be, we'll be talking about brewing, and then I'm sure we'll revisit some of these topics. You know, yeah. And trying to make the uh, episodes not as long as we've done in the past, something a little more digestible. More sessionable, sessionable. if you will. Mm, like that Costa Rica <laughs> coffee. That's right. So like that wonderful Costa Rica that you can get at coffeeloversmag.com slash Costa Rica. It's darn good. It's almost gone. It is. Yeah. And yeah. actually, Under yeah. Under 200 pounds left. We're going to end that uh, promo real soon, too, because, uh, yeah. It's, it's that time. It's that time. We don't have them up for a long time, and the coffee goes away. It's not pewter. And life moves on. Yeah, we're already negotiating with this farm for next co- next year's Costa Rican coffee. Sweet. So is that, that will that be the harvest... That they harvest next year, not the one right now. Or are you? No, it's the harvest. That's it's uh, it's shipping in April. I think. Oh, okay, I cool. Think he said so. Cool. I wasn't sure. Um, but that's yeah. what you know. As a roaster, when we're talking about complexity, you know, then you have the complexity of just world commodity trade and how yeah. things are shipped and seasonality between regions, that right? Literally yeah, around the world. And that's pretty crazy. You know, our friend Andrew, that's going to be on the show sometime soon. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, he just came back from Nepal to help set up a coffee farm in Nepal. Yeah. You know, where you wouldn't even think about coffee, and I guess the. The tire fell off his minibus when he was on it. You know, there's harrowing <laughs> stories about what's going on yeah. there. And all that adds to the culture of coffee and what goes into that cup. Very cool. 
Thank like you, folks. Hope you enjoy the show. Oh, uh, contact <laughs> us. Contact us, uh, Joseph at CoffeeLoversMag.com or CoffeeLoversMag at gmail.com or Jesse at ConduitCoffee.com uh, or look at the show notes for the contact information. The and faux show notes. other stuff. The faux show notes? The faux show notes. The faux show notes. All right. Chowda. Chowda. Thank you.